You know, we've been on a series, if you notice from our bulletin, it's called God's Real World View. And, um, you know, it's like we've been talking about this for a little bit, and we're going to talk about it for a little longer because it's really important. Um, You know, a worldview is our framework from which, you know, everything that, how we view reality and make sense of the world, what we believe, we value, um, that's what a worldview is. And I'm going to... You know, gives a like a little diagram thing. You know, from that we had, I showed last week. Show it again. Um, yeah, see, like our worldview is what you believe to be real, and so what you believe to be real influences what you believe to be true. Because if it's real, then it's true, and your beliefs come out of that. And then out of your beliefs comes all your values. You know, and and what is good, what is not good, all that stuff comes out of there. And, you know, out of our worldview and our beliefs and our values comes everything that we do. And so our worldview is really important because based on our worldview and what we believe to be real and true, um, every decision we make, every action we take comes out of that. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a question of whether we have a worldview because we all have something we believe to be real and true and our values it's, it's a matter of whether we're going to choose, and it's just our choice, right? It's my choice, it's your choice. No one can tell you. I'm not going to tell you what to believe. I'm just going to share with you what God's worldview is, and, you know, you make a decision. But, um, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a matter of whether we're going to choose and believe that God's worldview is the best worldview from which to live. And last week, we looked at, you know, God's real worldview and what it says about the condition of mankind, you know, and how unlike, you know, secular humanism and a lot of uh, popular opinion that we have in our world today is that, you know, the, world, the, the secular humanism says that man is naturally good. By our nature, we're good. And, you know, that's a really good thing. Uh, that like, yeah, I like that. That sounds really good. But God's real worldview talks about how We've all been infected by sin. You know, when Adam and Eve sinned, sin entered the world. And by our very nature, that um, there's an inclination, there's a natural tendency toward sin and, and what is not good. And we talked about how even though there's a natural tendency towards sin, um, there's still something in our hearts that recognizes that something is missing. You know, that, that people go searching for all kinds of things. There's something that's just, just amiss in their lives. Like, I, I know there's something. There's, there's something is not complete, you know. And um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, the Bible says that he, God, has made everything beautiful in its time. And he has also set eternity in the, heart, in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. And, and there's a part of our hearts that because God created us in his image, that there's a part of our hearts that knows that we were created to live in the presence of God forever. You know, there's just a part of us that, that believes, that, that just somehow recognizes that. But because of sin, we don't understand it. You know, that we're all created uh, by God, and yet there's this part just like oh, something's missing. No matter how messed up our life lives get, 
there's a part of us that think, man, there's something that's missing or lost. And so we instinctively search for something that will fill that sense of lostness, you know, that somehow, you know, these people are, they're just, they know there's just something more. And, you know, I was thinking about it, you know, I've been talking about sin and like, what is sin? Sin is just, you know, there's this God's standard and, and, you know, this what is right and true. And every time we miss that mark, that's sin. You know, we just, you know, you know we, we miss the target. And then we're off target a little, that's sin. We miss the mark that God has set for us. And, and you know, we all have questions that come out of our sense of lostness. You know, we, you know so why do, we, why do we believe that there's something beyond this life? I mean, you thought about that? God has planted eternity in our hearts. But otherwise, why would we even think that there's something beyond this life, right? It's like the natural order of life is you get born, you live, and you do some things, and then, you know, hopefully you live to a certain age, you get to be an old person like me, and then you croak, right? You die, and then that's it, done. Why, why, do, it, why do we believe that there's something beyond this life? How can, um, you know, we think questions like, how can we as naturally sinful people be declared righteous by this holy God? How do we make ourselves right with God? How does God save people? And Job, you know, as he suffered with his skin condition, he asked in Job 9.2 this question. He said, yes, I know all this is true in principle, but how can a person be declared innocent in God's sight? And that's a question that a lot of people ask. Maybe not in those words, but they're searching. You know, it's a question um, that, you know, you go through the Bible, you see people asking all the time. Uh, people, after hearing John the Baptist speak, they wondered in Luke 3.10. The crowd wondered and asked, okay, in light of what you said, what do we do now? What should we do? You know, what should we do? A rich young ruler, after meeting Jesus in Matthew 19.16, said someone came to Jesus with this question, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? You know, and... Um, the crowd, after hear, hearing Peter speak at Pentecost, you know, they asked this question in, in Acts 2.37. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, in light of what you said, what should we do? You know? And then a Philippian jailer asked Paul and Silas, after they were miraculously uh, released from prison by the Lord, um, in Acts 16.30, he says, they, then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, you know, this is a jailer talking to two prisoners, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And it's a question that, that a lot of people, because God has planted eternity in our hearts. Um, in a Reader's Digest interview a while back, uh, Muhammad Ali once said, one day, this is what he, he believed, he said, one day, we're all going to die, and God is going to judge us for our good deeds and our bad deeds. And if our bad deeds outweigh the good, you go to hell. If the good outweighs the bad, you go to heaven. And in a way, Ali was right, right? We're all going to die. He was right. We're all going to be judged by a righteous God. But, but the way to be right with God is not from anything that, that, that we do, we earn, we merit. It's not like, Here's the good things we do. Here's the bad things, man. Hopefully the good things outweigh the bad things. And if it does, you know, I got a shot, you know. 
The way to be right with God, the amazing thing is the way to be right with God is on his terms and not our terms. And that's a crazy, I mean, see, that's part of God's worldview. And if you could live your life with that truth, you know, because I've talked to a lot of people, and I bet, you know, some of us here, right, we would believe what Muhammad Ali believed. If I went to the survey, I said, hey, how many of you are Christians? You go, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, yeah. Uh, how many of you believe that if you, you know, you croaked today, you died today, that, that you would go to heaven. Then you would think, well, you know, I, I hope I go to heaven. I hope I make it, right? You know, uh, but God's real worldview is that's something that, that you can just, you can take to the bank because God's worldview and God's truth is that he's provided the way. You don't got to do nothing. That he's provided the way for you to be right with God. And so I want to take a look today at a part, really important part of God's worldview by answering this question in response to what Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, verse 20. All right? He writes this, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. No one can. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. And so if no one can be made right with God by being good, the question then is, well, how, how can we be saved then? How does God save people? And, and knowing the answer, the true answer to this is really important because it will motivate you and really influence you in what you do and how you see God and, and really how you choose to live, right? So if you've got your notes, you can follow along. Um, the first thing is this. God provided the way for us to be made right with him. I mean, it's as simple as that. God has made and provided the way <clears throat> for us to be made right with him. In Romans 3.21, says this, but now God, right? Remember last week we talked about you know, how messed up things are and, you know, like uh, God uh, abandoned them to this and the sinful heart of man and the whole thing. And then right here, uh, it changes, it turns, the bad news turns into good news here, great news, and those three words, but now God. In light of what happened, God is saying, but now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as, we, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right by God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. But now God, see, no matter how bad things are in your life, in your life could be messed up, anything, there's no hope, but now God. Yeah, but I don't know if that includes me. And the Bible says this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. And that's great news. And, and you see, God not only shows us the way, he provides the way for us to be right and, be, and, he, and to be right with him because we can't do it on our own. And if you really think about that, that's just an amazing truth, right? That God created us. We're supposed to live forever with him in a perfect place. And then mankind, we choose to sin, right? Right? And sin infects us all, 
and the wages of sin is death, and we messed up the whole thing, and God could have just gone, done. But he didn't. He said, you know, I love, I love, I love mankind. And so he says, Jesus, right? This is crazy. And, and so the second thing is, not only did God provide the way, the, the thing that we need to understand is that we all need to be right with God. See, you know, if you're like me, that's a no-brainer, right? But we all need to be right with God. And in Romans 3.23, the Bible says, for everybody has sinned. Everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. That's sin, right? We all fall short, all of us. And God said he provides the way for everyone to be made right because we all need it. And Paul tells us that everybody has fallen short. Everybody has sinned. You know, that we're all messed up. Nobody's perfect. We're all in the same boat, and the boat will never make it according to God's standard. And we're all in the same boat. You know, when I was, um, when was this? I must have been in college, I think. Just a few years ago, at least. Uh, when I was in college, um, I bought a motorcycle, right? Because, you know, it's like, got to have a motorcycle, right? And so uh, I had a friend of mine, um, Russell Kanekua, and then uh, his father went with me. We got the motorcycle, and we bought it from a person um, on the west side. And so, you know, Russell's dad drove it back to Kaneohe and, and back to the Pizza Hut because we had to work that night. So he brings the motorcycle, you know, at the title. I was all happy got my motorcycle there. And you work the closing, close, we close at 12. And then, um, you know, by the time you clean up, it's like 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking, okay, I got my motorcycle. Okay. Not really. I don't, I don't got my license yet, really. I got, you know, when you get a motorcycle license, you can drive, ride in, drive in the, I mean, you can ride it in the day. You can't ride it at night. You can't pack anybody, right? So I thought, oh, man, but 1 o'clock in the morning, right? I thought, ah, I think I'm just going to ride them home. So I was going to, I said, ah, shoot, I'm going to take my, um, the motorcycle home. So I'm about to go out. One of the waitresses go, can you give me a ride home? I'm in college. Nice waitress. She wants a ride home. Motorcycle. You know, you know right? You know, right? You know, so like, shoot then. So where you live? Oh, and she, so I live here in, in Monowilly. We live. Pizza was here, and she lived by Windward Mall. Okay, shoot. So I drive her home, yeah, make it, get, get her home, and like, man, this is motorcycle, you know, you know, the whole thing, you know. And when you accelerate, oh, you know, so, oh, you know, and you just go, right? So I'm doing that thing, get her home, and then I'm coming back, and you come to, a, I come to a traffic light, and it's like one something in the morning, right? And, and if you ride motorcycles, you know that, you know, there's that strip thing, and you, you go in the line, and if, you know, you're not in the right place, then the light's never going to turn green, right? So I'm just waiting, it's like, What's going on? So I'm waiting there. It was about three hours I waited. And then I finally, I, I, I ran the red. Okay. I ran the red because nobody's there. Kaikili Highway. Run. But somebody was there. You know, I'm going and like, oh, blue light. Bummers. Pull on the side. Oh, man, I'm screwed. <laughs> I thought I, I messed up. So I said, hey, okay, let me see your license. Oh, don't got one. Just bought the bike tonight. All right, show me the stuff. Get a ticket. I get a ticket for ride, driving. I mean, riding a motorcycle without a license. You know, running a red light. That's a punk. This anyway. So, 
So I have to go to traffic court, right? So I go to traffic court, and I'm there. And good, innocent, Japanese boy me, I'm there. And I'm in this courtroom, and I feel like I'm with a bunch of criminals, right? And I'm embarrassed because I kept thinking, this is the, the, the bad part of me. I'm thinking, man, I'm not like these bad people. I'm not a criminal. What if somebody sees me here? They're going to think I'm just like them. How arrogant of me, right? How arrogant to like look down on people, you know? And, I, and, and, and the truth is this. They're not criminals, right? They're just like me. That we're all sinners that fall short of God's righteousness. You know, that's who we are. We fall short of God's standards. And we're all in the same boat. And we all need to be made right with God. And I, I remember as I look back on that, I thought, man, Mark, you are just the most arrogant person. Because the truth is, you are like them. They're like you. We're all like each other. Because we all have sinned and fall short of glory. We all need to be made right with God. Okay? So, you know, God provides the way for us to be made right with God. We all need to be made right with God. And so the third thing is this. God's way to be made right with him comes through faith in Jesus. Right? It's as simple as that. Right? Simple as that. Romans 3.24. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. God does this by his grace, not anything we do. He did this through Jesus, Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sin. Jesus paid the penalty for our sin. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin, and people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held, when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past, for he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God did this to demonstrate what his righteousness for he himself is fair and just, and he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. It's that. How do, how do we be saved? How can we be assured that we're going to be reconciled with God? How does God save us? He makes sinners right in his sight, all of us, all of sin. He makes us all right in his sight when we believe in Jesus. That's it. That God in his amazing grace makes us right through faith in Jesus. Not what we do, not what we don't do. Jesus became the sacrifice for us all. He shed his blood for all of us. He paid the price, the penalty, the fine for all our sin. And the amazing thing is that God offers the deal of all deals. He tells us that we can be made right with him just by choosing Jesus. That everything that we've done, anything that you've done, Jesus came to pay the penalty. And by, by, by believing that Jesus sacrificed his life, that we can be made right with our holy and righteous God. That God, out of his crazy love, I mean, this is crazy, right? That he sends his son to free us from the penalty of our sin. And 
I was reminded of this in a very small way, of this gift of salvation that is offered to us and being made right before God through Jesus, nothing I have done, when in another time I was driving my car and I met another friend with a blue light. I don't know why all these ticket stories today. I just had two that I can remember. No, I, I just had five. four. Anyway, but I had two, right? So this one. So I'm, I'm, I'm heading to work, and I'm coming around the corner, and, and um, you know, the police are smart. They never stay on the side where it's straight. It's like right when you turn and you can't do nothing, boom, there they are. So the guy goes, hey, and so I waved at him to, hey, and he says, pull over. Oh, I pulled over. Okay. I pull over, and, and I knew, right? I knew, you know, it's like residential is 25. I know that you can't go 60 in a residential. I wasn't going 60. I was just probably going about 40. You know, I mean, that's what we do, right? And so he goes, oh, you know, you're a speed. I, I knew, I know, sorry. Right, look, what's your name? Officer Mizu Gucci. Yeah, uh, you know, I just, yeah, sorry. Should it have? I blew it. Okay? You got to fess up, right? I thought if I cried, it just looked silly. If a, if, a, if a woman cries, you got a shot. I cry, you just look silly. So I said, yep. So went back, you know, took my license, the whole thing. And then he was in the back, and he came back in the front. He goes, you know what? Um, there are people that are complaining that people are coming around here too fast. I go, yep, got me. And he says, you know, so next time, just slow down, all right? Just slow down, and, you know, that's cool. What? That's it? And he goes, yeah, just slow down. I go, yeah, I, I don't know why I went fast today. And he gave me back my license, put it in my pocket, and I just went off. And get no ticket. I didn't have to cry. Didn't have to, you know? And was I guilty? Yeah, I was guilty. You know? I was going 40-something in 25. I was, right? He got me. I, I was wrong. But out of the goodness of his heart, he said, give me a warning. Slow down next time. You know, got to give you a ticket. Slow down. That's small. That's just a ticket. God says, look, all is sin. I'll show the glory of God. You know, Mark, you messed up. Yeah, I know I messed up. But I'm going to send my son Jesus and, and he's going to die on that cross. Yeah, yeah, he died on that cross. But he died on that cross for you. And he's going to pay the fine. He's going to pay the penalty. Yeah. He's going to pay the penalty for your sin. And when he pays that penalty for your sin, when I look at you, you are now righteous in my sight. But, 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 no buts, no buts. You're just righteous. As far as the east is from the west, that's how far your sin is. I will remember your sin no more. What? Just by that? Just by that. And that's why Paul says, it's a gift of grace. This is grace, you see. When we think of our natural condition, infected by sin, unable to on our own to be right with God 
And, and it's only through this incredible act of love on God's part that he offers the way for us to be right with him that our eyes are open and we see the truth of it all. That we see, maybe for the first time, we see it's, it really is all God. It's all God from the beginning to the end. He created us to enjoy eternity and a friendship with him forever. In all of creation, we are different from everything else. Created, you know, that, but we chose to mess up in sin. And even when we did that, God sent his son Jesus to come and to die for us, to pay the penalty so we can be made right with him. And it's not anything that we can do on our own because we can't, you know. It's a gift. It's a gift of grace and love. And it was a costly gift. It wasn't like, how much for Mark? Two bucks? No, it was his son. His one and only son dying for us. And that's why they call that the good news. That's why that's the gospel, because that's great news, because that's who our God is. That's what our God does. And the last thing is this. Why is knowing that God has provided the way to be made right with him, why is that so important? Why is that so important? Why does that make a difference if that's part of our worldview and we believe, yeah, you know what? We're naturally infected by sin, but God is the one who saves us. That we don't have to be wondering, like Muhammad Ali wondered, and how so many other people wonder, well, you know what, I'm going to do a whole bunch of stuff, good stuff and a whole bunch of bad stuff, and I just hope the good stuff outweigh the bad stuff, that we don't got to go through that. We don't have to live like that. You know? Why is it so important? Because when we live by the truth, God's truth, the truth that God has provided the way to be made right with him, we can live joyfully. That we can live joyfully knowing just how much God loves us. See? When, when you come to that realization that God loved you so much that he not only, you know, shows you the way, he makes the way, and all you got to do is accept his way and accept his provision, and it is a gift of grace, you just realize just how loving and how good God is. You know? I mean, that's incredible. We can live humbly because... It is God and God alone who saves us and who makes us right. It puts everything in perspective. You don't get all riled up. You don't get all offended, you know, or pump yourself up because no matter what, you're like everybody else, you know, and everybody's like you, you know, because I thought about this and I said, you know, if, if the wages, if the penalty for sin is separation from God, if the penalty for sin is hell, eternal separation from God for all eternity, there isn't a person that I know that I would say, yeah, you know what, I wish that person would go to hell. Not one. Because eternity is too long. Because it's forever. You know, I can't think the worst person on earth. I can't think. I can't imagine. I can't think like, nah, they should go because they should be penalized forever and ever. I can't. Because in my heart of hearts, I know in their heart, they've been infected by sin. In my heart, I've been infected by sin. We're the same. 
he just messed up a lot more than I did. But don't matter because the penalties for his and mine is the same. We're never going to be made right with God. And God says, for him, for you, and for everybody, I provided the way through my son Jesus. You know what? Got to live humbly at that point. You know, someone gives you bad attitude, fine. Right? Someone, you know, just says mean things, oh, you know, can't help it. We're all infected by sin. We live humbly. Third thing, we can live contently and peacefully, knowing that we've been saved and we've been made right with God. We can rest. See, because in all situations, because God who saved you from the direst of circumstances, that he's going to be there, that he's proven his love for you. Instead of stress and discontent, you can live peacefully. If God loved you enough to send his son Jesus to come and die for you, he's going to be with you. No, you don't understand. To which it's like, no, you don't understand. God's going to be there. God's going to be there. What would a God who gives up his son not do? He's given you everything, and he's going to be there. And you can have peace. No matter what you're going through, God's there. God is there, and he's going to be there. And then the the last thing is we can live obediently, knowing that the love and the sacrifice of God to make us right with him. When we recognize, when I recognize all that God done, it doesn't make me feel like, oh, I better, I feel all guilty, I better do, no. You know what? If God loved me that much, that I want to love him and make him happy. I want to make God smile, right? You know, you have a friend, you, know, you have someone you love a lot. You don't do stuff for them because you're just obligated to do stuff for them. You want to do stuff for them. You know, when I was dating my wife, I wanted to wash my car. I wanted to polish my car. I wanted to drive all over. I wanted to go shopping. Kind (laughs) of. Right? You do. Because you love them. And when we come to the point when we know just how much God loves us, man, we're going to want to do it. Obeying is not going to be like a drudgery, like, oh, I cannot do this, I can't. No, it's like, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. You know? And that's why, and that is why, when you know and you believe the truth, that God has provided the way for you to be made right with him, it just can change your life. It can just change your life, you know? One of my favorite verses, I pray this a lot, most every morning I pray, I say, God, you know, today, I pray, give me the grace that I can live up to Micah 6.8. Micah 6.8 is that no people... The Lord has told you what is good and what he requires of you, to do what is right, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. And I say, God, today, help me to do what you require of me to do. You know, help me to do what's right. Help me to do what's right. Help me to love mercy. 
Help me to love mercy and help me to walk humbly with you. See, that's how our amazing God, that's how our amazing God wants us to live. Just like that. You know, do what is right, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. You know, so many people are searching for something to fill what is missing in their lives. See, the sad thing is they don't know what they're searching for. You know, we just don't know sometimes what we're searching for. It's that eternity in their hearts that God has made us all with. Some are trying to their best to be good enough, you know, to be good enough to make it to heaven on their own. And that's like this roller coaster lifestyle, right? Like, hoo-hoo, I go to heaven. Oh, I'm going, I'm going to heaven. Oh, I'm going to heaven. Right? And, and, and you live anxious lives with a lot of guilt, and you're just hoping beyond hope. And that's the best that any worldview, other than God's real worldview, can offer. You know, and so the question is, why settle for that? You know, why settle for that? that? That God wants you to experience so much more. Today, you know, my heart is this, that I want you all to know with certainty that, that, that God has saved you and God has made the way for you to be right with him. That God provided that way through the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want any of you to go out of here believing what Muhammad Ali once believed. One day, we're all going to die. And God is going to judge us for our good deeds and our bad deeds. And if our bad deeds outweigh the good, you go to hell. If the good outweigh the bad, you go to heaven. I I want you to leave with the assurance that through God's truth in his real world view that that is all God that's all God that he did it all he provided the way for you to be right with him and he saved you through the sacrifice and the penalty paid by his son the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross you can have that assurance today you know you can leave saying I know no matter what I do no matter what I've done God has provided the way. So one day I can stand before God and God's going to say, welcome, my son. See, I mean, that's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Why don't you stand with me and uh, we're going to pray, okay? And we're just all going to pray and I want you to pray. And maybe you're like Muhammad Ali and so many other people that you, you, man, I hope I get there. And we're going to pray. And if you believe what we pray, Garen's ball barons, all right? I mean, that's what the Bible says. That's what God says. That's the truth, according to God, that he provided the way, that you are made right with God through believing and placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like that. So why don't we pray? Father, I come to you. We come to you. We just pray. I come to you. You know my heart. You know what I've done. Nothing is hidden from you. You just, you saw what I did last night. And amazingly, you love me. You love me enough 
to send your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on my behalf. Because I've messed up, no question, that I cannot be right with you on my own. But I believe that Jesus made the way, paid the price, paid the fine, paid the penalty for me to be made right before you. And so today, I accept the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus. I believe in the Lord Jesus. I believe that he came to die for my sin. And now I want him to really take over and and take control of my life. I want him to be my Lord. Not out of obligation, but because of the amazing thing that he's done for me out of love. So Lord Jesus, I accept you and your sacrifice for me. Thank you for providing the way to heaven. That from this day forward, I can have the assurance. I can have the assurance. I don't have to hope. I don't have to stress. I can know because everything I've done been covered by your sacrifice. Thank you in Jesus' name.